Hello, everybody, and welcome to Jags Across the Pond official podcast. I'm Jamie, and today I'm joined with Britt Jag. Britt Jag, how are you doing, pal? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, man. How are you? Yeah, not too bad at all. Um, still a bit tired and trying to catch up on that on that sleep that we all lost on Monday night, um, which obviously we're gonna we're gonna discuss now, obviously to keep us grumpy, I suppose. Um, how are you feeling after after the game on Monday? Yeah, just a bit. I don't know. Like I say, I was just a bit disappointed, really, because at, t- at times that game felt like it was going quite well, and then it just felt like it was crumbling. And to be fair, at parts with the amount of injuries we're having, it, it did feel a bit like our whole season was crumbling right there before our eyes. We had we had already well, the UK fans were all very very tired, and we got dragged through overtime as well, and then we still <laughs> still went and lost. So it was a tough one to take, really, because it was one that we were hoping we could have got the win on. Um, but it is what it is, and it's in the books now, and we move forward. Yeah, I think the Monday Night Lights was was too big of an occasion for us this week, which we're going to dive into now. Um, as you mentioned, the Jacksonville Jaguars um, lost against the Cincinnati Bengals this week in overtime, 34-31. Bengals going off with a field goal on their first drive in overtime and taking away the win. Um, let's start off with just the top line stats then, Britt Jag. Um, if you can hit us with the offense's top line stats this week. Okay, so we had Trevor Lawrence, uh, t- completed 22 of 29 passing attempts, 258 yards, averaging 8.9, two passing touchdowns, a rushing touchdown for himself, um, was sacked twice for 14 yards. Um, obviously CJ Bethard came into the game for him, um, completed nine of 10. Uh, for 63 yards, average 6.3 um, per attempt, uh, no touchdowns, um, sacked twice for two yards um, on there, uh, the quarterbacks. The rushing game uh, was a pretty poor day for the rushing game. Uh, Travis Etienne, uh, 11 carries for 45 yards, average 4.1 yards a carry, one touchdown with a long of 13. Next up was uh, Trevor Lawrence, actually. Uh, five r- carries for eight yards. Um, obviously got his touchdown. Um, and after that, the next well, the next running back on the, the list is Deionis Johnson on five carries for four yards. Um, Calvin Ridley and CJ Beathard are on there, both achieving seven yards off a couple of carries. But not a good day for the run- running game. Um, Receiving-wise, Engram had a good day. Uh, nine receptions for 82 yards, average 9.1. Finally got the touchdown, uh, mm. long, long of uh, 22. Uh, nine, and, did this week. Uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> and nine targets as well, so he had a perfect completion uh, ratio. Zay Jones got five from eight targets for 78 yards, average 15.6 uh, reception, which is pretty good going. Parker Washington, who I think was a big surprise for a lot of people, um, had a had a good game, six receptions um, off six attempts. So again, perfect, 61 yards, average 10.2, and his first NFL touchdown. Um, and yeah, um, Calvin Ridley, um, Christian Kirk, both at 26 yards. Kirk obviously only on the one reception with the injury. Calvin Ridley, that was four uh, receptions on eight targets. And Etienne also got 34 yards off pa- from passing on four attempts. So pretty, pretty, pretty spread there. Um, yeah, yeah. stats-wise, um, pretty solid, really. 321 
passing yards on the day in total. Um, and 71 rushing yards, obviously that could be improved, as you mentioned, and averaging just under three yards of carry um, overall. Um, but moving on to that defence, um, leading the way again, I think you could guarantee this every week. Um, Aluakon, 13 total tackles, um, and then only behind by two um, two tackles less, so 11 tackles, was Devin Lloyd. And then Rachel Jenkins with eight total tackles. Um, other big mentions, I believe, for Josh Allen. Um, 1.5 sacks on the day, um, two QB hits, um, and one interception as well. And Trayvon Walker comes out with the other half a sack um, with Josh Allen, um, which happened very early on in the game. Obviously, he gave him a quarterback hit as well. Um, another quarterback hit goes to Chase on this week. Very close, getting uh, still getting edging ever so closer. Maybe he'll get. Um, a sack or two before the end of the season if he keeps up kind of his performance and rates there. Um, and then moving on to um, kick returns, Parker Washington, so he led the way with the kick returns this week. Um, two kick returns, 51 yards. He had one long of 33 yards, which is pretty good. Um, punt return, Parker Washington again, however, didn't run for any yards on that one. Brandon McManus, um, one field goal completed and one miss this week. And Logan Cook, five punts this week only two actually were inside the 20 and I know there was one that he um he really scuffed at one point which gave him good field position about the halfway line um and that concludes kind of the the defense stats as you can mentioned um how well the Bengals played I could say um Jake Browning quarterback 354 yards this week completing 32 of 37 passes um with a fantastic sort of uh, rating um, and was basically made to look like an all-pro this week and not, certainly not a backup. Um, looking at their rushing game, 156 yards total rushing for the Bengals this week. And obviously, yeah, receiving yards, as mentioned, 347 was the total amount of receiving yards um, this week. Um, so let's break down the game a little bit. Um, what what happened in this game for us, for Jag? So if we talk about the first play, for example, the first two drives, um, the Jaguars looked solid. It started off with the Jags' defense, um, and that they forced they forced the Bengals to punt on the first drive, and they it looked like they came out fighting fighting quite strong. Um, and then Jaguars scored the, a touchdown on their first drive, so it seemed very routine and it seemed very comfortable. Um, but then it kind of Seems to have kind of gone wrong from there, really. So um, let's firstly start with the defence today, then. Um, what went wrong with the defence to let up so many points and so many yards this week? Well, I think, yeah, it was it was a tough one. It, it's difficult to kind of point to one player or one position that struggled because it, it felt like it was across the board. The defence, just whatever reason, wasn't clicking. Um, Doug Peterson obviously put it down to communication, uh, miscommunication in some situations. And obviously when you've got a player like Jamar Chase you're going up against, it doesn't he, he's he's a difference maker. And as good as some of the things that Cameron Ridley's done for us, he's he's not been performing at this 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 level yet because Jamar Chase is still showing the league he's a standout player with a backup QB. I mean the like 149 yards like I don't think Ridley's got close to that this year. Um, off, of, off of 11 receptions. and So, it, obviously, he only had two less receptions and nearly 70 
less yards. There's, a player like Jamar Chase is just a, a game changer. And I think it goes to show that even with a backup QB, he can still he can still win you games. And and unfortunately, I don't think we've got a player that's at that level yet um, in our receiving core. But yeah, it's it's just a tough one because I, I don't really know what went wrong with the defense because we should have been a lot better against the run. We really couldn't stop the run, um, and that that allowed them to have the option and. And obviously going into the game last week on the podcast, I, I said that I think we needed to, to limit the run and I thought we'd be able to do it. And if we forced um, Jake Brown to throw it just exclusively so we, we knew that the throw was coming, it would work out OK for us. But we couldn't do that. So we had to we had to respect the run more. And uh, and it's cost us. Yeah, it, it definitely did. And like you said, it was an overall kind of bad performance um, as obviously the stats show very easily there um, from the run game um, which obviously the interior just seemed like the D-line really struggled um, and allowed kind of the run game to really take off after the first drive I'd say um, after the first drive just allowed them to kind of get into that game like Jaguars could have easily gone 14, 14 points up 14 nil up really because uh, Bengals next drive was actually a missed field goal um, so we had an opportunity where we could have gone two points, um, yeah, two points, uh, sorry, 14 points up, two scores, um, up, but, um, we allowed them to kind of get back into the game and then they found their rhythm and obviously two touchdowns in quick succession. Um, Bengals scored three, three touchdowns out of three drives after those first two mishaps. Um, and then they did have one interception. So shout out to Josh Allen, um, secret ninja obviously coming up out of nowhere. Um, but the, that was when from the Bengals kind of doing a bit of a trick play, um, which was the second time they did it in the game. Um, obviously being unsuccessful on both of those. Um, but then when you look at the DBs and stuff as well, the DBs really struggled this week. Um, there was an injury early on, um, with Trey Herndon. Um, and then later on in the game, there was a further injury to, um, Tyson Campbell, who we was kind of excited to see back in the lineup this week. Um, and kind of fought our lockdown corners and stuff are back, but, that really wasn't the case this week because Jamar Chase and the rest of the team were managed to kind of just walk all over us and finding themselves open in such such open space. Um, tackling was extremely poor across the board. Uh, there was kind of no wrapping up. Um, there was one, I don't know if you remember it, like Rayshon Jenkins, one that stand out. I think it was going against the tight ends. Um, it's like he just dropped his head and it was like the back of his shoulder pads like just touched um, touched the tight end and obviously the player obviously ended up getting away and making a few more yards for Cisco having to come in and get the tackle. Um, I just think overall we just, we just didn't turn up on that defence. Um, it's exactly the same kind of situation as um, when we played against the 49ers a few weeks ago. Um, from something that was looking good and a really strong positive defence really turned into something quite poor if I'm honest um, and it turned into obviously a shootout which is something that we absolutely weren't expecting for the neutrals out there who watch Monday Night Football obviously they're probably loving life um, but for us that was that was really a really tough watch on that defence this week let's move on a little bit to talk about the offence obviously that's where um, that's where kind of a lot of a lot of things have come about this week We've done pretty well. I think we, we had a consistent good game, but the very first drive was dampened with an injury to Christian Kirk. Um, 
what what was that injury that come off the back of that? So I think it's well, they're they're labelling it a groin, but I think it. I think I saw some people on Twitter. I think a doctor said it was something like a testicular. Tor- uh, I can't remember what it's called. But basically, I think he trapped his balls as he landed, yeah. um, and that's what it, that's what it looked like. So um, <laughs> let's put it bluntly. Um, Is he going to have surgery for that? Well, I do, well no, I, I don't think it. Yeah, that's yeah. They said he might need surgery. I think they said they're getting a second opinion. Jeez. So um, I don't know. I, I don't know if that is what it is. I don't. That, that's what it looked like to me anyway. But they said but it's groin. It's, it's groin related, and basically he is out. Even optimistically, I think they said like six to eight weeks at the best, and I think six weeks basically. If it all goes to plan and he gets back really, really quickly, if we're in the AFC title game, he could be back for that. Eight weeks has him back for the Super Bowl, obviously provided we're we're at the Super Bowl. So um, yeah, a lot of things have got to go right for us to see Christian Kirk play again this season. Obviously, we're all hoping for that to happen because obviously if that we're doing well if if he gets the opportunity. Um, and obviously he is a he again a bit like Zay Jones. He's He's a huge part of our offense, and I'd even go as far to say he's bigger on our offense than Calvin Ridley. Um, yeah. And yeah, we we still performed offense wise. I don't have much of a problem this week. I still think felt like we put up a lot of points. We moved the ball well, um, passing wise anyway. And obviously, had Calvin Ridley been out there, things probably would have been a bit easier. But I'm I'm not overly disappointed. I'm quite happy with how Parker Washington stepped up. Calvin really made some big plays. Zay Jones had a good game. Engram had a great game. Um, so overall, I'm quite pleased with with the offense passing, rushing wise. Etn, I I just don't know what's happened. I don't. I it it does seem to be still the offensive line. Um, he does seem to not be getting many channels opened up for him. But also, I do feel like sometimes he cuts himself into trouble, um, especially on the, the wide plays. He takes himself out wide and then he decides to cut back. or And I think sometimes he's just got to pick it, pick a route and go for it. Um, but, yeah, the, as a whole, to be honest, it's not just ETN. The whole running game struggled this week. Uh, had a few good sneaks from Trevor Lawrence um, on shorts, which uh, third and shorts, which we've needed um, for a long time, we really struggled with them, so it was nice to see some completions. Um, and then, obviously, was it third quarter that it really all went wrong? I think it was third quarter. Um, and obviously, we had the injury. Yeah. Um, wow. It, for, from on the offense perspective, yeah, it was um, which would come out of the half really. Um, that's probably the. A biggest issue for us um, because we've come out the half and I think we went um, at three and out on the very first um, drive. Um, we did have a touchdown straight after that, but then after that touchdown, like you said, I think it probably was probably that third quarter. Um, we were going into um, a few issues. I think obviously we a punt, um, minus three yards, three plays. That was the end of the third quarter. Going into the fourth quarter, then a missed field goal. Um, and obviously then a field goal to tie it up in the end. But Yeah, the missed um, field goal came immediately after the Lawrence injury, so yeah. Yeah, that was in the yeah, that was in the fourth quarter. Uh, yes. that was 
five minutes, five minutes 43 um, was when left to play was when Trevor Lawrence um, obviously took his injury. At that point, obviously, the game was tied at 28 all. Um, so talk us through, now we've discussed it, like, let's talk through that injury. But what happened? What What's the prognosis? What's what's happened with this injury and how did it come about? So it, the actual injury itself is, I believe it's from uh, Walker Little standing on his ankle, um, which I believe is the second time that's happened this season. Second time this season. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's getting pushed back quite quite easily, really, for a, a guy of his size. Um, kind of not, he shouldn't be. So that shouldn't be happening as much as it is. Um, and obviously Trevor's normally pretty good at get kind of getting himself out of there, but obviously he didn't get the opportunity to this time. Um, luckily, him going down on his other leg, which bent right back underneath him. Um, thankfully, nothing happened there because I think that was the big concern. A lot of people thought he might have done something to his knee um and that would have that would have been a whole other whole other load of issues but i think uh, it sounds like it was a, a miscommunication um he was because obviously i don't know if you saw him on the ground he started having a go i think uh, parker washington was in the wrong wrong, wrong position because it was meant to be a quick i think a, pr- a pretty quick pass um and obviously he was he didn't get to where he was meant to and so trevor had to delay uh, fake pump the ball and then that's when it all went wrong so um but apparently they, they were chatting that like there's, there's not an issue as i think it was just frustration on trevor's part that he knew something had gone wrong and it wasn't good and needed to vent um but it's uh, thankfully it doesn't seem anywhere near as bad as we first thought because it looked like it the, the rest of the season was going to be a bit of a struggle it had it been worse we may see him this week um he took the field today for practice uh today being thursday uh it was only light practice from what i'm reading a warm-up and a, a bit of throw-in nothing too vigorous and stuff but you wouldn't really expect that at this point like you'd expect him to be taking it quite easy but let's hope um let's hope it, it obviously goes all smoothly and we and he is okay if he's okay to go come sat, uh, sunday great if not, don't rush him, and let's take our time and get back for the uh, the Ravens game. Yeah, let's talk about that in a bit more detail um, when we move on to the Browns. Um, so let's continue to talk about the rest of our offense. So um, this week again, um, Calvin Ridley seems to have struggled, um, completing what was it, twenty six yards? I believe you just said twenty six yards, four out of eight um, eight passes towards his way. Um, what could, did you see any issue with Ridley this week? What what was the concern with that one? Is there any issue to be wary of? I don't think there's an issue as such. Um, yeah, I just I don't know. Like I don't know if that was. I didn't really notice him getting double teamed too much because obviously that has been the the issue in the past. I don't know if you noticed anything, but I haven't I haven't watched it back immediately, but. Watching it live, I didn't notice much double teaming on him as he's experienced in the past. Um, I would say the only other thing I'd say with him sometimes, I feel like he looks for pass interference a bit too much. Yeah, I don't know if that's just, that's just my opinion. I don't, I don't, I don't know if that is, but sometimes if there's fifty-fifty ball, he seems more intent on selling the contact than 
going for the like trying to catch the ball. Um, and obviously there are times when it's it's can be completely understandable and it's been it's been absolutely fair and valid and so well and there was the one that he should have got past interference on the one that had the hand across his face. Yeah. Um, and it, I'm not saying that, that that happened necessarily in this game, but um, yeah, I don't know. He just seems to have games a bit like this. So it's 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 puzzling, and and obviously when we first got him, we we were hoping that he'd be putting up the kind of numbers that we're seeing, the likes of Chase put up, put up against us. Um, and obviously he has had some hundred yard games, and but I still don't think he's had a game where he's really Basically, won, it feels like he's won the game on his own, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, whereas, like I say you look at the stats now, and it, it and okay, Chase only got the one touchdown, but I mean, 149 yards is huge. Like, yeah, it seems almost every week we we go against a receiver that hits 100 yard mark pretty much every week. Like, we could probably roll back every single week this year, and you could probably see a standout receiver, um, which. We, we've not seen that from Ridley, which, argue sake, you could say that's because um, we're spreading the love a bit more. We obviously all the other receivers as well. Um, but, yeah, I totally get what you're saying and what you're coming from with the with the Ridley situation. Um, do, do I think we, we continue to ride with Ridley? I personally do think so. I think he is still a good addition to the team. Um, I think it just depends on kind of what they want that contract to look like because if we're comparing them to the likes of Kirk at the moment, um, Ridley came in as that kind of wide receiver one. Um, however, I wouldn't pay him any more than when Christian Kirk at this stage. I don't know about what's your thoughts on that. Do you do you think it's so because obviously he becomes a free agent at the end of the season? Um, do we keep him or um, do you think we look at kind of getting him, letting him go? I yeah I I don't think you can risk letting a player like that go. No. Um, there he is he is a talent. You can you've seen some of the catches he can pull off. Um, but right now I'm a hundred percent agreement. Like if obviously I know I know Kirk isn't due at the end of the season. But it, if if they were both going and we could only keep one, right at this moment in time there is only one player I'm keeping. Yeah. And that's Kirk every time. Yeah. Like, and I'm, I'm, I, I don't know. I, 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 from what our discussions, I'd, I'd imagine you're probably pretty much in the same thought process. Like, I feel like Kirk's been a bigger receiver for us this year than than Ridley has. And okay, Kirk might not have the the yards that Ridley has, all the touchdowns, but Kirk has more yards than Ridley this season. Has it? Oh, he has more yards. Over okay. hundred, yeah, hundred more yards than Ridley at the moment. Yeah, but Ridley has more touchdowns. It just feels. I don't know why it just feels that Kirk is I don't know more more reliable. Yeah, he's definitely there um a lot more on those big third down plays and um coming up clutch exactly when it matters. Um he is like you said I think he is Trevor Lawrence's trusty hands and I mean you could never probably ask Trevor Lawrence in an interview this but I think if you was to generally ask him who you pass him to um who can you trust to not drop the ball more if you you're putting your life on it? Is it going to be Kirk or is it going to be Ridley? I could probably put my money on he'd pick Christian Kirk to be honest. Yeah, and, and I think it's it's it goes deeper than that as well because I think like outside of football, I think they seem quite good friends. Um, yeah. Quite often, I don't know if you follow them on socials, but like the two of them uh, go out with their wives together, like the four, as a four, four and stuff, and they they hang out quite a bit. So I think that bond helps as well. 
yeah. um, because obviously you want to help the other person out more. You want to, um, and yeah, and I think, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what's the situation with really. It's, it's a difficult one because it all depends what he's going to want. If he wants a big payday, I'm sorry, but like we've we've potentially got to renew Trevor this off season, and the sooner we do it, the in theory, the cheaper it's going to be. Yeah. Um, we've got other players that are potentially up. Um, off the top of my head, I haven't got the list open, but I've, we have got players. We got Josh Allen for one. Um, we got Tyson Campbell coming up soon. Uh, Andre Cisco. Um, just a few off the top of my head, and I, there probably are more. So yeah, there's a lot of restructuring that happened in this off season just gone, which is probably under the agreement to probably restructure again this season, probably if they saw through this year. So um, if, yeah, if there's a lot. going to expect big, big money, like players like Jamar Chase and that are, that are getting because that's how he see, he sees himself. He, he well, and he's he said in the interviews he's got the ability to be one of the top receivers in the league. Yeah. He sees himself up there, but I think he needs to be realistic. He cannot expect to be paid like that off of his production so far. Yeah. Because it hasn't been that level. It's just not. Um, and like I say, you hear the guy talk, he seems like a nice guy, seems like a good addition to the room, seems like he's getting on with the, the other receivers. It doesn't seem like there's any issues. He's not like some receivers like throwing their toys out the pram because they're not getting the ball. That doesn't seem to be the case. But the production isn't there to warrant a huge payday. So yeah. he's got to meet us halfway here because if he's going to hold out and want stupid amounts of money, what choice do we have? I suppose it all depends on whoever else offers him anything, I suppose, isn't it, really? Well, yeah, but I, 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 in the meantime, before, because obviously, in theory, we could, we can franchise tag him. Yeah. Um, but to be honest, I believe, is it the franchise, is it the top 5%? You take like the average of the top five positions, players in that position. Yeah. Something. I can't remember how many it is, but it's they take an average. And to be honest, I think that would be overpaying still yeah. at the minute to even keep hold of him that way. So we obviously we've got the opportunity. He's 30 to, years old as well. Yeah, yeah. That, he, he's not he's not like a young receiver either. So I don't know. It's a tough one. It is because he he does flash absolute quality. Yeah, but that's all it is at the moment. It's flashes. Yeah, I'm just looking at, um, as you mentioned, some of the free agents. Um, just very quick, some some big names or notable names. Josh Allen, Jamal Agnew, Smoot, Chason, Ridley, Trey Herndon, Tyler Shatley, McManus, Cleveland, Dearness Johnson. And obviously then you've got lesser players as you go a bit further down. But some big names, obviously, I've just mentioned there who have um, probably expectations of some good contracts. Um, and a lot of them receiving quite a lot of snaps as well. Um all of them, everyone I mentioned there, probably receiving over 50% of the snaps this season, obviously with the exception of Agnew being obviously injured. Um, so some big contracts that need renegotiating, which I presume we'll be talking about that in the off-season in much more depth and what players we're going to be riding with going into um, next season. But I can see there have definitely been some changes, especially at that wide receiver, um, that wide receiver call there because... We saw um, something great from Parker Washington this week. Um, talk us through Parker Washington, really. I mean, for me personally, as you said at the very beginning, um, highly impressed. Um, and this is coming from a guy who missed the majority of preseason, I believe, didn't he? Because he was injured. 
Um, so for him to come in after also then receiving an injury on his first kick return um, in the NFL, um, for him to then kind of do what he did, score himself a touchdown, which was a fairly decent touchdown as well, required a lot of concentration. Um, I think this was a, a great week and a great performance from him. Um, what are your thoughts on Parker Washington this week? Yeah, no, he he really stepped up. And the thing is, what I'll say about him is it, it's, it's quite easy for a receiver to step into the game and kind of not get much attention. Because let's face it, Tim Jones quite often steps in if we have an injury. Like when Zay Jones was there, Tim Jones was there, Agnew was there. And they'd have, both have quite quite, quite games. Um, we wouldn't see much from them. But Parker Washington really kind of got himself in positions to really help the team and, and make an impact. And that's what you want. And and like you say, he, he's done that. I mean, six receptions off six targets, 61 yards um, and a and a touchdown. So that's, that's, that's great going. I mean, you can't really ask much more from a rookie wide receiver on his, on his debut than that. Um, and I think, I think he's potentially a good weapon going forward. Um, looks like a, a big guy. Um, and yeah, like I say, it was a bit disappointing because I, I quite like the look of him in some of the pre-season, uh, pre-season games. And then for him to get injured on his first, uh, first snap in the NFL as a kick returner, uh, sorry, yeah, kick returner. Um, and then him be out and to be honest, he come, his, his return's gone a little bit under the radar because I, obviously we yeah. think we expected him to come back and make such an impact. But he's he's been a big big part of well, he's a big part of the offense last uh, this game week just gone, and I think he will be going forward now with Christian Kirk out. Obviously, we need an extra body on there, and for me, he's more than staked his claim to that spot. Um, like I say, more than the likes of like Tim Jones, who, who I don't know how many snaps he took, but he was out there for some and didn't really didn't really do anything. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, really impressed with um, Parker Washington this week for me personally. Um, let's move on to um, Engram. Finally got that touchdown on a week where none of us put him in our predictions. I think this is only the second time this season none of us picked him in our predictions. Um, but I do recall you saying, I'll give you the credit, you did say he was going to score this week in a, um off-air kind of conversation. Um, and... He did finally get that touchdown. Talk us through kind of his performance this week. How did you feel about him? Yeah, again, as we mentioned earlier with Christian Kirk, uh, I feel like Engram is also one of the, the kind of safe hands for, for Trevor Lawrence. Um, but he has struggled a little bit of late. There have been a few drops. It did look like maybe his comp- confidence was wavering a little bit um, over the past pre- couple of games. But he really kind of came back with a with a bang this week and really kind of showed us the, the player that we, we knew we had and, and uh, was key, was key to our offense. Like I say, obviously our top receiver, which being a tight end is quite mad, really. It's not very often you see a, a tight end with more receiving yards than all of your wide, like than any individual wide receiver going. Especially so, not Jags. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A Jags tight end. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe the Chiefs with Kelsey or something like that, but it's, it's, pretty unusual um and yeah and obviously we are going to need the likes of him to step up as well now with with Kirk out we're going to need him the likes of him and Jones and Ridley and ETN to, to use their experience and and really help us out here 
and uh, obviously being a man down. Yeah, um, yeah, really great to see um, Ingram get that and be consistent. And as we're going to discuss a little bit more in a moment about Trevor Lawrence um, and if he's going to be out. I mean, if he's not out and he does play, I'm sorry, if he is out and he doesn't play this week, um, I think Ingram is going to be key to any success for CJ Bethard or any quarterback um, as he'll be there um, as those kind of safe, solid hands as kind of kind of quick handoffs and that was kind of shown as well at the end of the game this week I believe um, he took the majority of the passes um, in that in that kind of last end of the game when Bethard was in so um, it's something really to look forward to and hopefully this is first of many touchdowns and who knows maybe maybe one of us maybe yourself might predict that in this week's game against the Browns that Engram will get himself a second um, touchdown this week. Um, I think that kind of covers kind of where we're at with the offense this week. Um, if we were to have gone to give a performance, and I mean because we've done it a few weeks now, um, if we were to give a solid rating for Trevor Lawrence before the injury out of ten, what you score on him? Obviously, twenty-two completions from twenty-nine attempts. Um, what you scoring in this week? So yeah, so I'd, I'd probably give him a solid. <sighs> Probably a solid seven, maybe. Because the thing is, I think if he's on the field, that's low for you, mate. I think, yeah, I don't know. Like it was a very efficient performance. Yeah. Um, and like I say it's difficult without him completing the completing the, the whole game. Um, I think if he stays on, he probably quite well. He probably quite easily clears three hundred. Um, already had two passing touchdowns. Probably gets. Potentially gets another one with the Russian one, so maybe no. Yeah, you're right. Seven's a bit harsh. Probably an eight. <laughs> yeah, seven is a harsh scoring for you on your boy Trevor Lawrence. Um, and do you know what? I I agree with you as such this week. Um, I'm not going to say he wowed me in any way, but he had a great consistent performance this week. Um, it really connected well with the majority of his receivers, and I can't. I can't think of any time where his receivers really let him down this week and kind of drop balls. I don't know about you. Do you do you recall any noticeable obvious drops? Because there was plenty in last week's game, as we discussed in detail. Do you do you recall any kind of standout drops this week that costed any game? Um, I'm trying to think. That I think that I feel like there was one that we talked about in the chat that could have been pulled in, but yeah. it's completely escaped my mind now who it was. I think um, there was one that went through the through the hands of someone. Oh, I, I tell you what, the one the one that springs to mind. I think it was Zay Jones. It yeah. was quite a short one, but it was still um, it would have got the first down. Yeah, um, was kind of middle body range, I suppose. I don't. And uh, yeah, so I, I think he could have had that, but again, it wasn't like a an awful one, and it wasn't like on a third down or anything. So it was either Zay Jones. Or it was Ridley. Or it could have been Tim Jones. Because looking at it, Zay Jones missed three of his targets. Ridley missed four of his targets. And Tim Jones missed his only target. So, that that, that was... That, they're your choices this week. So, um, But overall, um, I was happy with the offence. I think we were heavily let down by um, a defence this week against a team that um, we really should have performed better against. But I did mention it on the podcast last week. I didn't like the Jags going in as such huge favourites as we did go in. I definitely wasn't predicting a loss this week, though. Um, but it goes to show whenever we've got this, I don't know, this this kind of 
in our favour, kind of everybody thinks we've kind of got it in the bag. We seem to really struggle um, to really pull it out of the bag and um, kind of see through and kind of get that win. Um, so for me, I I really want to start looking at drawing a line under this game. I don't know about you. Um, what are your thoughts on anything else you want to add on the performance before I move on to fantasy scores? No, I just think, I think if we... I don't know if if the defense steps up and holds on, and like I, said, I think CJ's did it would have done enough to get us the field goal to get us the lead, and I, I just feel like we could have, we could have it felt more than possible of limping over the the line in this match. We could have still got the win. I think that's the most annoying thing. I know it's fallen apart. Obviously, McManus missed the kick, which is unlike him. Um, I feel like he was a, he was as shook as the rest of us because <laughs> you know, the whole the sound of the stadium completely drained away. When, yeah. when Trevor went down and and everyone was kind of a bit shook up and it was a bit of a chaotic situation because I'm pretty sure it was the play before when the the water boy came out and we had to use a timeout. We lost and, the timeout, yeah, because of and that. then yeah, so it delayed the play because they were get all about to get lined up and and take the snap and so I don't know if something changed with the play or what and that's what caused the confusion and then obviously Trevor Lawrence got injured and it, it was just a bit of a weird kind of spell. Uh, and then my man is missing the field kick, which, which field goal, which is unlike him. I mean, he's pretty, he's pretty reliable, and um, and then and then Logan Cook scuffing the punt as well. Like, yeah. pretty, uh, there's quite a few unusual things happened in this game, and it's a shame because it was one that was definitely there for the winning. Um, I feel like even if the defense shows up average, we probably cut their points in half. Yeah. Um, what, what, what about your overall performance for um, Befford then? I'm sorry, I should have really mentioned that. See, nine out of ten completions for over sixty yards. What what are you rating Befford in that? I know it was only a very short time, but I'm looking at his drives and got his plays up now. Like, what are your thoughts on his performance? Yeah, he was efficient. He, 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 he I think I feel like a lot of the time it was kind of safe options, keeping it simple, um, which makes sense in that situation. He's obviously thrown to the game. Um, you don't want to go in and just start launching the ball around, especially in that situation when it's as tight as it is. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, he he pretty much. I mean, he did have one huge play, but obviously that was pulled back, wasn't it, for the penalty? So that yeah. huge play he had to Ridley. Like, but was that a good throw or was it kind of close your eyes and hope? I mean, I haven't really looked back at it. I don't know about you. If you've looked I back mean, at it. it was a little bit. Putting it up there and like Hail Mary kind of style, letting Ridley do the work because I, I don't know there like he had a, a defender right on him, covering um, his eyes again. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, and obviously yeah. he did go up and get it, but he was competing with the defender and and obviously whenever you put a ball up like that, it is a risky one. And obviously he's st- at this point he's still getting warmed up, like he's only just gone come into the game. He's still um still pretty pretty rusty, but. It was um, on the two-yard line, 43 yards. That's where yeah. Ridley caught the ball. Yeah, so... Changed everything in overtime. Yeah, but uh, like you say, obviously it's, it's difficult because the hold, hold was harsh. Um, but obviously it was called back. And as we said in, the, in weeks past, some have gone for us, some have gone against us. So it, it is what it is. But in overtime it would have been nice. I, I don't feel like he was aggressive. I don't know if it was the play calling or what, but he wasn't aggressive enough in, in overtime for my liking. No, um, the, very, the overtime drive, Befford short right to Ingram, Befford short right to Etienne, Befford short right to Ingram, um, 
ETN at right end pushed. Um, Johnson at the middle. Befford short left to Zay Jones. And then Befford deep right to Calvin Ridley. This was on a third and seven play, mm-hmm. um, which then um, got called back. So then it was third and 17. Befford short pass middle to Ridley. Oh, yeah. Let's just talk about that one quickly. Third and 17. Yeah. On the Jags 45. That was awful. Passing to Ridley in the middle where he doesn't even play. What on earth was that? Yeah, I don't know if that was... Yeah, I don't know if that was schemed up that way or he was instructed to do that or that was CJ's thing, but that was a bad decision regardless. Whoever, whoever's... let him let him throw the ball. Yeah, <laughs> that was bad. Yeah, and yeah, he, I think I think he even ended. Did, no, he didn't. I don't think he lost. Did he lose yards on that one? Yeah, or I think it, yeah, he did. Yeah, yards. yeah. So yeah. it got even worse. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I feel like problem is like I know. It's easy for us to say now, but you're trying to be careful. You just want to kind of work great on the field. But our, the thing is, I didn't have confidence in our defense stopping them, like especially not stopping a field goal. Like potentially, okay, maybe they might stop a touchdown, but I didn't have confidence in them not letting them get inside the inside our forty yard line. Yeah, and it because it hadn't happened all day. Yeah. Like barely, barely since the, I don't know if we had a we made them have a three and out since the first drive. Um. So it was a real effort and I feel like we should have been a bit more aggressive there. And obviously yeah. I know you can't go on a, on a four and whatever it was after Ridley was tackled. But yeah, okay. there, there, there should have been a more sensible option to, to at least try and get a chunk there to at least give us the option of a going for it. Yeah. Okay, right. That concludes the game. Let's have a look at fantasy scorings. So, who do you think scored the most points for the Jaguars this week? I'm going to go with Engram. Um, Trevor Lawrence. Oh, yeah, yeah. 25.12 points for Trevor Lawrence. Then followed behind by, yep, Ingram um, at 23.20 points. Um, a solid game for him. Currently putting him fifth overall amongst all tight ends this season now, which is a um, a good position for him to be and obviously finally getting that touchdown hopefully that's now a first of many um, and then third who do you think was third after um, Trevor Lawrence and Ingram this week um, I'm gonna it's it's either Zay Jones or Parker Washington I think um, I'm gonna go Parker Washington because I don't know if the touch I don't know what the points touchdowns are worth but he got the touchdown so yeah Parker Washington yeah Parker Washington went in there with eight 18.1 points this week, probably on the waiver wire this week, and people are probably going to be likely picking him up, especially with Christian Kirk being out. So Not a bad pick-up, in my opinion. I think I think he might be all right, actually, as a, a wide receiver three. Yeah, I might have to look to see if he's quickly free in our league now. Not that it matters to me, because I'm definitely out of playoff contention <laughs> this season. Lost by, um, I lost by, I think it was like less than a point this week, um, and I had I had Chase, and, and the, my opponent I was playing against had Ingram, so it was kind of like who was going to get the next touches in the in the um, overtime, who was going to win the game. But yeah, my season's long gone in this league. So um, and then you, so you're saying after Washington, you think it was Jones? Um, yeah, because I don't think Etn had a good game, but then he scored a touchdown. So yeah, no Etn, it'll be Etn. Yeah, it was Etn. Seventeen point nine points for Etn this week. 
surprisingly quite a lot really because I don't I don't feel like he had a good game really but no when you look at the stats again like I said it's the run game not very good at all but um obviously he does have receptions as well and obviously we're in a PPR league um and he did have what 34 yards um and four completions as well so um that's kind of where his kind of points have boosted up along with his touchdown um he's still ranked third overall in running backs this season as well that's quite mad, really, because he's, he's struggled the last couple of weeks and yeah, not done an awful lot. So Imagine if he'd actually um, scored in the last few weeks or had a hun- at least one 100-yard game. He'd be up there, probably, second yeah. place, probably behind um, McCaffrey, really. Yeah. Um, and then moving on to fifth place, yeah, Zay Jones, 12.8 points this week. Um, and then no point mention anybody else um, below um, let's move on to my favourite part, and that's thing, one thing that I am winning, um, and that is our game prediction, um, our game prediction leaderboard. So I got both of my predictions right this week, over 38 total points. That was a, a complete, complete win there, and Aluakon over 10 total tackles again. I see yourself and Robson both came out with zero points this week. As you predicted Bengals under 75 yards rushing, and you predicted Jaguars over 100 yards rushing. Um, Robson predicted Trevor Lawrence three passing touchdowns. I think he was kind of done hard there, because if Trevor, as you said, if Trevor Lawrence didn't go out, he probably would have got the score there. Um, but he did also predict Bengals zero touchdowns, which, um, that, that's certainly <laughs> yeah. so that that's, be, that's so bad. That should be a minus one. He should lose that half a point, shouldn't yeah. he? I <laughs> uh, can't do that to him. He can't defend himself. Um, so that does put that leaderboard. So myself running away with it with thirteen points now. Um, Robson on eight point five points, and yourself on eight points. So I would say still all to play for in um, on the next game, but. It's a battle between you, bottom two, and who's not going to finish bottom at the end of the season at this stage. Um, so let's move on. Let's get rid of this game, rip everything up, and forget it ever happened and catch up on that sleep. Um, and let's look forward and move to the Cleveland Browns game. Um, so starting off in normal fashion, as we always do, um, what do you think the records is against the Browns? Well, they played each other 18 times. So 18 times. I feel like it's going to be a close one because obviously both franchises haven't been good for a while. Um, I'm going to say Jags edge it. Jags are actually leading it 12-6. Oh, wow. Okay. However, the, they won the first six games they ever played in a row. So uh, that's from 2000, uh, 1995 through to the 2000s. So... Um, most recently, um, the Jags played against them in 2020 at Jag, uh, in Jacksonville. They lost 27-25. Um, the previous time we played them was in 2017 in Cleveland, and we beat them 19-7. So that's a kind of quick, quick score there. Um, and then when we have a little look at our bookie predictions for the week, so the bookie has this lined up as... Browns going into this game as three-point favourites. So that is completely turned and flipped its head with this uncertainty of Trevor Lawrence this week. The points over and under is sat at 30.5 points. So a very low scoring um, prediction this week. Um, And they haven't released any kind of player stats 
um, due to, again, as I mentioned, the uncertainty of um, Trevor Lawrence um, and who's going to play at quarterback this week for us. So they haven't released any of those stats yet um, on kind of what the kind of the props are on kind of passing yards and receptions and stuff as well. So if we're going to make those predictions this week, then we need to go based on um, kind of what they've done overall in amongst them 12 games, obviously, this season. Um, so the Browns are going into this game, um, I believe seven and five. Am I correct there? Yes, yeah, seven and five. Um, they're second in the AFC North. Um, and obviously the Jaguars are going into this one eight and four. We are ranked fourth overall in the AFC and Cleveland Brown are currently ranked sixth overall in the AFC. So Brit Jag, what, what are we going to look out for this week? What is the Browns biggest threats this week? Well, I think the the Browns re- really the the big thing of note um, of how they've been performing is their pass defense. Um, currently, one of the best pass defenses in the NFL, um, best for allowing yards per game. Um, on average, only allowing 153 yards a game passing. So that's concerning. 153. Um, 153 game uh, yards a game. Yeah, average passing yards given up. Wow. So. That's definitely something that's of not, note, and that's not going to be ideal if we don't have um, if we don't have our starting QB. Um, in regards to kind of offensive offensive threats, um, obviously of late they've always been known as kind of a, a, a strong rushing team um, with the with their run game uh, with their dual threat run run game. Um, and I, I still, that's still going to be a threat. They're still one of the top rushing yards um, per game in the NFL. They are averaging 135 yards a game, um, ranking in at ninth, I believe. Uh, eighth, sorry, eighth, uh, eighth in the NFL uh, for yards per game rushing. So that'll be the the big key to stopping them is if we can limit their their run game, which is concerning given our performance against the um, against the Bengals. Um, so yeah, I think that's that'll be the way to go. Obviously, they brought Joe Flacco in. He's obviously still getting settled. Um, we'll see how they go there because the passing isn't, hasn't been their strong point all year. Uh, only, they're only averaging 186 yards a game. Um, so, but I'd expect that to improve slightly now with Joe Flacco because um, I think he is a pretty good uh, QB to bring in in this situation yeah um, so let's go on to the, the biggest thought and the biggest the biggest question for everybody this week which we briefly touch on Trevor Lawrence does he play this week <laughs> it's yeah it's a tough one because he's, he's not going to want to sit out he's he's 100% if he can go he's going to want to go Um now it'll all come down to if the coaching staff want to look at the bigger picture. We technically, I think, we do have a little bit of breathing space in the AFC South because although only being one game ahead of the uh, of the Texans and the Colts, um, even if they were to tie our record, we have the we have the two wins over the Colts. We have the tie with the Texans, one each, um, but we have the better divisional record overall because they've lost twice. So, I don't know if you almost just not accept it because I, I still think if CJ goes out there, he's going to give it a good shot and we go for it. Um, 
but like I say, I mean, Trevor uh, participated today. The injury report is out. He uh, he was a limited practice, um, so he's trending in the right direction. It, he can't be ruled out. Um, he said he's feeling um, a lot better than he expected to uh, yesterday in his press conference. So who knows? Who, who knows? How he's in. He, he walked in completely fine, unaided. No kind of didn't appear to have any strapping on his on his ankle, anything at all. So let's hope it is. It is healing quick, and hopefully Josh Allen has let him borrow his onion. <laughs> um, you still haven't answered my question. Do you play Trevor Lawrence this week or not? Yes. OK. Obviously, that that's not just saying, do we play him injured? I mean, if we say that he, he's ready to play, you think we should play him? Yeah, I think if he's, if, if he's fit enough and it's not a, there's not a stupid risk of re-injuring it then I think you go for it um, we saw with the knee earlier in the year like there was it was touch and go and they, they still decided, decided to go for it um, there's no guarantee wins in this in this league and you've got to get them where you, where you can I think if Trevor Lawrence is playing I think the odds probably swing in our favour um, I don't think they favor, I don't necessarily think they swing in the Browns favour if, if if Lawrence is is starting and they know that Um as we've seen the, the, the yards per game, that their pass defense is very good, and the way our offense has struggled with running the ball of late, I think to have a hope of winning this game, we're going to have to hope for some passing yards. Um, and obviously, our, our, as, as much as you may disagree at times, our best option for passing yards on this team is Trevor Lawrence. Looking at the looking at obviously the players we're playing against this week and the issues we have with our O-line and there's also some injuries obviously on the O-line themselves as well. Walker Little is currently out at the moment and the way the Browns kind of de-play, um, I don't know if you've watched some of their plays, um, they like to have their kind of, their defensive ends out quite wide um, and obviously sneaking up from the back kind of field. Um They've got themselves 34 sacks this season, obviously, with Garrett getting 13 of them. Um, bearing that in mind, um, do you think that the Jags would need to kind of adjust their playbook? Because we mentioned this kind of against, um, it looked like it happened against the Saints earlier on in the season when you could argue Trevor Lawrence had one of his best games, really. And he was the most mobile in that game as well, actually, with his knee injury. Um, do you think that we do change our game plan if we play Trevor Lawrence, do we protect him furthermore? I don't know what we do on that O-line. Is there something we do to stop anybody getting to him? Because the O-line did really step up in that Saints game, because I believe there was zero sacks in that game. Yeah, so um, I, th- I think you probably do have to limit the, the playbook and basically just encourage him to get the ball out as quickly as possible and and take the kind of shorter options. Um probably limiting the down the field options unfortunately because I feel like of the last couple of weeks we've been doing a lot better with our deep shots than we had in the earlier part of the season um, but obviously we do not want him getting hit this week we you just when you if, if he does play and he's only just made the game we, we you've got to try and protect him as best you can if Walker Little's out because he didn't practice again today um, so that's looking like less and less likely he's going to play um, so I don't even know at this point I think we're so 
down on our depth chart on our O-line. I'm not even sure who would be next up or who would shuffle around. But um, I don't know if Shatley comes in. I, I'm not sure. But, it, yeah, it's it's a tough one because, as you said, they're a very good pass rush. And we need to keep him upright because I think our, our only way of getting a couple of wins this year, we, we need him out there. Yeah, there's five games left in regular season. Arguably, we need to win four of those five games. Would you say? If we, win... I think, I think going in previous to last week, we would have expected to win four of those five. Yeah. Um, and obviously, if you take Trevor Lawrence out of the equation, that probably drops quite considerably. Um. I just really hope that we can get a de- the defence to step up like it was earlier in the season. And I know, obviously, there were times when the the D really bailed the O out. Um, but I do feel like the last few weeks, it's definitely become more even across the across both sides of the, the team. Um, and the O have been playing well. Defence has been playing well. If, if the O is going to really be beat up on its injuries, I mean, I know the defence is obviously lose, missing some as well. Uh, Trey Hernan's still in concussion protocol and didn't practice again today. Um, if the, we really could do with the O stepping up and, and getting those turnovers and giving CJ a short field, if, if CJ does have to play, give him a short field and hopefully Etienne can perform and get us get us some yards. Yeah. I'm just having a quick look at um, our threats. Um, in the last couple of games, and the last five games this season, then. So, I'm going to look at who's second in the AFC South. So, this is the issue because the Colts and the Texans are both literally biting at our heels, and but either of them can take over us. And it gets even more scary when I talk you through their schedule right now. So, um, just shout out whether you think win or loss with all of these. So, we'll start with the Colts this week playing the Bengals. Um, I think that could be a loss. I think the the Bengals might be on a high. Okay. Falcons. I think Colts win that. Steelers. Could go either way. Let's let's be optimistic and say a loss. Raiders. Probably a Colts win. And then finish the season against the Texans. I think Colts lose that. So, I've... You just said, what, three wins there for the Colts? So that takes them up to ten wins on the season. Then you move on to Texans this week against the Jets. I think they win that. Home against the Titans. Should win that. Browns. The only thing I'd say with the Browns game is now they've lost Tank Dell. Yeah. And the Browns pass defence being what it is I think that could cause some problems so on that one I will say a, Brown, a Browns win on that one and Titans away yeah the, the Texans win that and then the Colts which you said Texans should win didn't you yeah so bearing that in mind four out of five wins there for for Texans you're predicting which takes them up to 11 um, which means we need to be 11 we need to be at 11. So it means we need to get three wins out of the next five. But one of those wins must be the Titans. Is that correct? Then obviously, because then we'll, we'll win it on the division. Yeah, so the even if we lose to the Titans, because our strength of schedule is harder, 
So if we've tied with them and we've got the same, I think it then goes to strength of schedule, which we should still win. Does not go head to head before strength of schedule. Where even it goes head to head, it's one all. Um, does it, I, I, sorry, I don't know the details. Does it go to scores? Do not look over. No, score it doesn't go to scores. No. It doesn't go to score points yet. No, it goes strength of schedule. Like so, basically the. Okay. It's, the, it's the amount of teams you've played with winning records. Yeah. So because we won the division last year, we've had a tougher schedule than they've had because we've yeah. had to play the winners. Um. So yeah. So given that we would even if we lost the Titans, but I mean looking at it, I mean we should beat we should beat the Panthers. We should beat the Titans. So that's two wins right there. And and if Trevor's injuries okay, he should be back and and fine by then. The Bucks is winnable. And the Browns is winnable. And as we saw last year, we, we beat the Ravens last year. So we can definitely, we can definitely get three wins out of that. It's, it could be a lot worse. Yeah. Like I, I pretty much think, feel like there's two bankers there. Like the Panthers are the worst team in the NFL and the Titans are one of the worst teams in the NFL. So yeah. we've got two wins there. We've just got to get limp, even if I had to limp over the line at this point to win the division and then we can maybe literally. <laughs> but yeah, at this point it might, might actually be. Um, and then we can kind of readjust and, and take a look at the playoffs and get Trevor back to full fitness and, and hopefully have some other players coming back and O-line. Because um, like I say, obviously Cam is potentially back for the playoffs. Uh, hopefully Walker Little won't be too long. And I think that's what it is. It's literally just, we just need to keep ourselves in contention and doing okay enough while some of these players return. Yeah, I think we're giving the Browns too much respect this week. Not us personally, I think everybody. Um, to put Browns as three-point favourites in this game, um, I, I think that's too much respect for them. But it's where I want us to be. Because last week we were too highly favoured, in my opinion. And it was kind of, you could argue, too routine of a win for us. Um, and it always goes to goes to pot when whenever it's kind of in the bag, and especially now that we win our defence seems to kind of not show up. I don't know if that's an element of cockiness or what. I don't know. Um, but I like Jags being in this position, going in as the underdogs, um, not expected to win this now um, with Trevor Lawrence. Um, questionable whether he's going to play or not. Um, and then also we've got CJ Bethard, which we haven't mentioned. He's currently questionable as well because his limited practice because he um, obtained a shoulder injury um, during the Monday night game also. Um, but I think we're giving the Browns too much respect and I think we can have a real big dogfight this week. Um, and yes, we are playing in Cleveland, so that makes things ever so slightly tougher. But the Jaguars seem to be doing better um, away from home this season anyway. Um, so all our wins have come away from home, haven't they, this season, actually? We haven't lost away from home this season, have no, we? No, we're, we're unbeaten at away from uh, yeah. the bank, yeah. And that's include, yeah. if, if, if you include the Wembley game, we're yeah, away absolutely. from the bank. So, um, so that goes in our favour, I think, somewhat in my element. So um, I really don't think that we're going into this really as three-point underdogs, in my opinion. Um, I'm looking at the Browns injury report now, and their injury report is just as big as ours. Um, they've got... 16 guys on it, two went back, to, sorry, three went back to full practice today. They've got 13 players who are either limited practice or didn't practice this week. That's 13 players. I mean, we're, well, we're at the same now, um, but that's 13 players that they've also not got um, kind of training this week. Um, so 
I don't think it's as plain sailing for the Browns to go out and beat us this week. I think it's going to be a much tighter and a much closer game for us. And I think we can really, I think we can really put it to them this week, especially against um, Joe Flacco, obviously, as their starting quarterback. Um, I think we could do, our defence could really show up this week and really kind of doubt any haters um, from these last sort of few days. Um, because I think, yeah, the next two weeks is vital for our defence. Browns this week and then moving on to the Ravens, you could argue two of the best D-lines we're going to be going up against. Um, sorry, two, yeah, so our O-line's got a lot to kind of work with over the next couple of weeks because we're going against two of the best D-lines in the in the NFL. So um, there's a lot um, a lot to kind of play for and a lot of questions. And then who knows, maybe this is all a big ploy and Trevor Lawrence was never going to play this week, um, but it's just making it harder for the Browns to kind of learn what tape they need to review because if they're just solely focusing on CJ Befford tape, then um, it might be a little bit easier for their defence and obviously making them have to watch review, film review on Trevor Lawrence as well. So um, who knows with that one? Um, let's just hope our run game can improve this week um, and we can get ETM back up to them yards that we all all know and love 80, 100-yard games or whatnot. So let's move on to our um, our game predictions this week. So, Brit Jag, come on, you need to get off this bottom spot. You've been sat there for too long. Um, what are you predicting this week? Can I predict that Trevor plays? <laughs> <laughs> See what, that's a 50-50 one. So <laughs> I wouldn't want to put money on that one. Um, yeah. No, you can't do that. <laughs> ah, right, OK, fair enough. Um, I'm going to go with... Um, even though that their pass defense is is very good, I'm going to go that we get two passing touchdowns or more. Cool. Um, and defense, I think that they Trevor Lawrence passing touchdowns or just two. <laughs> yeah, Trevor Lawrence passing. Uh, I'm going to go two because I, as you said, it's fifty fifty. So I'm not I'm not overcommitting one way or another, but two yeah. passing touchdowns at least. Um, and I think our D. Bounces back this week and gets two turnovers. Or two or more turnovers, should I say. Jags do. Yeah. Just so that obviously we should have done Robson's predictions, so I've got them written down. He does also predict Jags' defence two picks this week. Oh, OK. Yeah. I'll change, I'll change. It. You can predict it. It doesn't matter. But it means <laughs> you've got less of a chance to overtake him because you're going to yeah. have the same yes or no, yeah. really. Okay, um, I will go with Jags D line. Um, three sacks. Okay. Cool. So you're going for two passing touchdowns and Jags D line three sacks this week. Yeah. Okay. Robson is predicting um, no team to score a passing touchdown this week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, th- I, th- I think the Browns will definitely score one. So. <laughs> He's probably predicting it all to be running touchdowns, probably. Yeah. In the morning. Um, and then he's predicted Jags D, two picks. Which, I mean, they've not done that as of late, as of late. So, um, again, I think that's another, another hard one, um, to come in this week. Um, he seems to pick all these harder ones. I think he's trying to play it so he doesn't have to get half a point again. Um, so for me this week, I'm going to go with the over on the points over under this week because I think that is just crazy low. Um, the points over under obviously sat at 30.5. 
Um, and I'd, I'd suggest anybody who does like to put a bet on, I'd get on that now because especially if Trevor Lawrence does play this week, that over-under is going to shoot up. So I'd get on that now whilst we're early on in the week and there's doubt on who's going to play at quarterback. Um, because, yeah, that over-under, I think the points is definitely going to be over 30.5 um, this week. And then secondly, I'm then going to go with, um, I'm going to go with, oh, tough one. <laughs> I'm looking at um, kind of stats and targets and things. Um, and I'm going to go with Engram um, this week. Um, not for a touchdown, but I'm going to go with Engram over 50 passing yards um, this week. Um, he does average um, just under, say, 49 yards per game. Um, and he averages six targets. So I'm going to go with the Engram over 50 passing yards this week, as I think is going to be key for any of our offence this week, regardless of who plays, be it CJ Bethford, be it Trevor Lawrence, he's going to be key to um, success on this offence this week, I believe, for nice quick dump-off passes. I think he can have a lot of receptions this week as well. So that is my prediction this week. Um, Score-wise, what do you think, Bridget? I think points, not, they don't need to be exact score, but do you think we're going to win? Do you think we're going to lose? Yeah, J- Jags win by seven. Yeah, do you know what? I was probably going to say the same because I don't want to see a Jags win by three because we've already gone through that pain I've seen this last week. Um, I want to see Jags to win by convincing touchdown um, this week as well. Um, and do you know what? There's not that there's any kind of haters or doubters out there this week. That's not the case. It's more... Everyone's just a bit deflated with obviously the injury of Trevor Lawrence. It's not as much anger this week as what it was for the 49ers game. It's more disappointment, I suppose. Um, but I'm hoping that uh, Jaguars win this week will um, will rise us once again and it will give us that little safety net um, with four games left to play. And um, like I think you said that we have to win. We have to win one more game, and then we've got a winning season, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's it's on eight wins now. Yeah, nice, nice to get over that and and have a win it and have that in the bag. Yes, absolutely. Um, so I think that concludes our podcast. I think we've covered absolutely everything we can. Um, we've discussed a little bit about obviously the Bengals, well, a lot about the Bengals game review, and obviously then we've moved on to discuss what we predict is going to happen in this Browns game this week. Um, so that does conclude everything for myself. Britt Jag's going to close out on. Um, what the future of the podcast looks like. Yes, we did do it last week. However, Brit Jag was unable to upload his podcast. So um, listeners on his channel was unable to hear the announcement. So we remained as Jags Apostle Pond and the Brit Jag podcast this week. But from next week, we are looking to change. Um, and I'm going to leave that on to Brit Jag to close us out with that one. So it's a goodbye from me from Jags Apostle Pond and leave us out, Brit Jag. Yeah, so although we're going to still... Uh, have our individual pages. Uh, I'll still be Brit Jag and be on my Brit Jag uh, Twitter or X and Facebook. Um, and Jamie and Robson will still be Jags Cross the Pond on X and Facebook. We are going to combine the podcast because I don't know if how many of you guys actually know that we release them. They're the exact same podcast, just released separately. So I've got my podcast channel, Brit Jag, um, and Jags Cross the Pond releasing theirs. It's the same content and we're just having individual listeners. So because we've initially this kind of this, this partnership was meant to be kind of like an on off thing. And and we may well still release our own individual podcast from time to time. I, I, I don't know. And I can't rule that out. But 
for the main part, I think the plan is to combine and go as the, the Blighty Jag podcast um, going forward. And that will be where you can find us. So keep your eyes peeled to the Blighty Jags Facebook group. Um, and I imagine it will be spread around all the other the kind of UK Jags fans groups will, will post when it starts to get released. Um, so all the subscribers, please keep your eyes out. And we need you to move over with us um, because there won't be any more. Um, our, our regular podcast won't be appearing on our on our regular channels. But yeah, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, so if you're not already in the Blighty Jags group, get in there. Check us out on Facebook and X. I'm Brit Jag on both. And it's Jags Cross the Pond on Facebook and Jags at Jaguars GB on X. So, yeah, until next time, I'll speak to you soon. Let's go Jaguars. Let's go Jaguars. Let's go Jaguars.